10 seconds. Ten, 10 of them. 10 seconds. All right. You know what it is? You know who it is? We're back with another episode of the Thrive AmTap. As much talking as possible podcast. You. Episode 13. One, three. Today is going to be a, a very cool subject with January around the corner. Some of us have uh, fitness goals. Maybe we're getting into a new gym or looking to get into a new gym. And uh, we're going to be talking about getting that membership and what to do next. So this episode is going to be called, I have a gym membership. Now what? Now what? Now what? What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking for 25 minutes about this subject. And uh, we'll start. So the subject kind of came to our heads uh, because I was thinking recently about the first time I ever stepped into a gym. And how bad it was. Scary. How, how bad the, ex- well, the experience was. Uh-oh. And then, like, I guess how scary it is in general. What was the experience? It was... You don't have to say the gym. I'll do it. I will. No, don't. No, it was ballets. It was ballets and crossgates. Oh, man. It was ballets and crossgates. It was a dark dungeon-esque gym. And I had... I don't know exactly why I went in there. I think it was because of my mom. Yeah. And I had like a free personal training session. Okay. And it was awful. Why was it bad? The guy was on his phone the entire time. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, every time I did something, he was like, yeah, it was okay. That was good. No feedback whatsoever. Yeah. And I was just like, all right. So I did that one more time and then didn't end up going back until I was like, I don't know, maybe like 16? When I started going with my friends consistently. All right. And then, uh, yeah, so I don't know if you remember the first time you ever stepped in the gym, but that was my terrible first experience. And uh, that gym's no longer open. <laughs> I don't I don't actually, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember, like, my first official gym membership, but I, I don't remember the first time that I entered a gym. I worked out at home. I worked out with friends. I had experience with weight training and such. And then, like, high school sports. So, like, I had been in the weight room. I had gotten some exposure through that. <clears throat> and then just athletics, you know. I think that that had given me a, a pretty decent base to operate from. So... I, I did have some experience going into it. I didn't, I actually, I've, I've never experienced a personal training session. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the only one I've ever experienced. What? Besides, like, I guess, like, coaching. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been coached before, but I've, I've wanted to actually see what it's like to be in a personal training session, which is super ironic. I've been doing this for such a long time now, and I've actually never been on the other side of it. But... I going in with a certain amount of information, knowledge beforehand, I kind of already had some kind of idea of what I wanted to do when I went into the gym and then just kind of explored from there. But what I'll say is that it may not have been as warm and as welcoming of an experience as now in hindsight, I wish that it had been or what it could have been 
you know, you're greeted at the front desk and then you're kind of just like, okay, good luck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe a little bit more emphasis on a tour and, and letting people know where the locker rooms are, what to expect, what the busy times are, maybe what machines to use and maybe I don't know where to dedicate a little more time. I don't know. It was, I guess I guess that's so you get what you pay for at some of those gyms. Those are yeah. priced for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that there's a reason why there is a, a ten dollar, twenty dollar, forty dollar month membership and then there's a two hundred dollar month membership, you know, and, and beyond, depending on what level of instruction or personal training you're you're getting. So but yeah, I think just a little bit different from, from my experience because of where I was at coming into it and what I was looking to gain out of it, there was definitely more of like more of a, a confidence, I suppose. Like I, I know I know how to do this. You know, just what do I have to work with? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was I I'm glad I experienced that walking into a gym because I knew what not to look for. But it was it was a bad beginning. But so a lot of this episode, we're gonna kind of dive in as we were talking about. You walk into the gym that first time, and what what do you do from there? So you don't have to kind of go through that experience of falling off very quickly because a lot of us don't know what to do uh, when we're first step into the gym. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page here and believing that it's not really so much that there's a lack of motivation to do it. There's actually just a lack of information about what to do mm. and how to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that back and forth about what our experience was in terms of, you know, our first experience in the gym and then what we're going to dive into here to try to equip people with at least some better tools to navigate. And maybe it's not actually your first time in the gym. Maybe it's your first time back. Mm -hmm. and Or maybe you switch gyms. Yeah. And it's your first time at a new facility. And then what what you should be looking for or what might best set you up for success. That's what we're going to go over here today is I've got that membership. Now what? What do I do? How do I make this a habit? How do I do this to help create a better quality of life for myself. Yeah, and I think starting off for me, I guess just getting right into it, one of the most important things for me is to start with the basics. And I think even myself taking, I guess from when I started taking it serious to today, I've, I'd say now I sit back and take the basics on more often than when I first started because it's hard when you want like there's so much that can be obtained within the first year of working out and you oftentimes just like can get away with a little bit more but being able to see that starting with the basics is going to be so much more important what do you mean by you can get away with a little bit more so because of how our body adapts in that first year there is and because the weight is most likely not going to be at a level that we're straining like we will when we move on to so like figure, maybe something that we'd refer to as like newbie gains or yeah, I guess, like yeah, that yeah. like you're just things are coming started. a little bit easier you almost don't realize how strong you are yet and then there's that neurological effect where you're like 
just adapting yeah. to new movement patterns and figuring out on some subconscious level how to be more efficient at it. Yeah, and realistically, okay. in that first year, you could be doing everything in the wrong fashion, but still see progress from it. Yeah, because you've never done it before yeah. or not consistently. Yeah. So making sure that we start with the basics, that's first off. So basics for me would be working on the squat pattern, working on a press pattern, whether that's overhead or benching and then deadlifting or a hip hinge pattern in general. Reason why is these movement patterns are going to be seen in the most basic and they are most at the most advanced levels of fitness. So if we take the time in that first year – obviously work on that we're gonna see benefits down the line yeah yeah hopefully be able to perform at a level that because we took that extra time we'll perform better yeah yeah sustainable yeah being safe all right cool i like that i can get down with that my i, I wrote it out as steps i don't know it's just <laughs> what i did so i wrote step one recognizing that strength precedes aerobic conditioning. This is a, a very prominent misnomer in fitness where we usually look at aerobic conditioning as fitness. It is, it's a component. There's no doubt about that. But to, to look at aerobic conditioning as what fitness is, is just, it's just incorrect. And I, I'm sorry, folks. Like, this is not a shot at you. Just know that there's, there are a couple other pieces to the puzzle. That's all. You're still working on something. You know, no doubt about that, but strength does precede that. You just think about your day-to-day -day life and you think about how often you're going for that jog or how often you're required to get your heart rate elevated. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but I'm just saying, let's think about functional relevancy here. How often are you in that aerobic conditioning setting? It doesn't happen very often unless you intend to do it. So just based off of the functional demands of our lives, I think it's, evidence that supports strength precedes aerobic conditioning. So this is also to say before moving fast or doing a bunch of reps of something, we want to be sure we have the basics down and prioritize quality. Very similar to what Brandon was just saying. This will not only ensure safety, but it will also promote the carryover of the functional application of the movements we are essentially practicing while we're in the gym. After building a baseline strength, we want to grow our fitness capacity in as many ways as reasonably possible. Some portion of that might just be what you kind of prefer to do. And then also being aware of the aspects of your fitness that your life demands of you. So you want to make your life a little bit better with what you're practicing in the gym. And we're practicing is, you know, an active work towards something. We are practicing something whenever we go in the gym. I think it should be viewed as such. This all begins with developing awareness and proficiency in the most functionally relevant movement patterns, which are, as Brandon already said, the squat, which would be the same as sitting and standing more or less, the bench press or various pressing patterns, which will mimic some sort of a push pattern, or will also complement our pull patterns like pushing or pulling open a door, pushing ourselves off of the ground, and then the deadlift, or some sort of a hip hinge pattern because oftentimes throughout the day we're picking and we're picking up and moving objects, maybe not from the floor, but from various locations and moving it to different places throughout. So not necessarily in a a typical deadlift fashion per se, but some aspect of that movement pattern. Yeah. yeah. So making that's 
basically step one is making sure at least if you don't know where to start program wise start working on those things start even if it's just like four sets of air squats when you walk in and maybe maybe even sitting stance yeah you're sitting on a bench standing up push-ups things like that just working through those patterns making sure that when we do work on them it's diligent and it's making sure everything's right and not just all right let me do this to get these out of the way it's make sure that the air squat looks good it feels good maybe push-ups were starting from the knee and knees instead of the full push-up because a lot of us are aren't don't have the strength to do a full push-up but we're starting from the knees no matter what me and Derek's Derek especially still does kneeling push-ups all the time because it just helps him with his shoulders. Yeah, just yeah, about every day. Yeah, so doing stuff like that to just basically build up a found like foundational strength is basically what we're trying to get at here. Next step, I would say, whether that's going through the basics or you don't know how to go through the basics, would be finding a professional, finding someone in the gym whether that's a trainer there and if you don't have the tr- a trainer like a money for the money for a trainer maybe a friend who moves relatively well or has some success in the gym even just reaching out and being like hey take me through this movement show me what this is not even i mean there's a lot you can find online now uh, that's correct mm-hmm. information but making sure that it is correct information is conversation for a different time but most of the stuff you can find basics for the squat and the press and the deadlift and the pull pattern and it'll be okay to start with so just finding and finding a professional is going to be something that's important because they're going to have in theory they're going to have the right way to start how to progress you correctly how to get you where you need to be in a timely manner and not just have you dragging your feet doing air squats every single day if there's and that's, that's going to be the hard part because most of us have things we have to do outside of the gym. So we don't have all day to sit and plot progressions and scaling options for all these movements. So that's what I think a professional is going to come in handy, especially early on, because it's going to be the most important thing. And I think once people find out how important it is to have a professional or a coach, they always carry on with one. Yeah. But I think early on is the most important time. To have one. Yeah, kind of laying the tracks, laying the foundation. I think that that's a really good point. And also knowing too and being okay with it doesn't have to be something that's forever. You know, maybe you seek out some sort of a professional instructor to get started, to lay out the foundation. And then, you know, maybe like once or twice a year you do a couple sessions here and there. Or if you can find a quality group training gym facility that can offer you a little bit more of a cost-effective solution to finding the appropriate scales and progressions of movements that that might be another option to seek out but i couldn't agree with you more about trying to figure out the right place to start and looking to find some sort of professional instruction for that so it's funny because when brendan and i come up with what it is that we speak about. We always do some sort of jotting down of notes or something like that, some sort of a reference sheet as we go through this. And we actually don't, <laughs> we don't look at what one another writes. So it's really funny when these things line up as they do. 
my step two was very, very similar. And I wrote, if we've got little to no experience in these functionally relevant movement patterns, so referring back to what I had said earlier about the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift pattern, these are functionally relevant movement patterns and that we're going to see them in various capacities in our day-to-day life. Where life is going to demand these movement patterns from us. They are very functionally relevant. So if we've got little to no experience in these functionally relevant movement patterns, we will want to pursue professional instruction. Having a qualified professional assess our form and take us through the proper points of performance is invaluable. So talking about the proper points of performance, another way of saying this is just making sure that the person is progressing through the movement patterns through the appropriate way, the appropriate range of motion, things are intact, integrity is kept. We know what we're looking for as we're executing any of these movement patterns that I would say are the basics, which are the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift essentially. And so being brought through this by a skilled, qualified professional is invaluable because not only will it set out our workout regimen on the right foot, but it will also help generate greater awareness leading to better biomechanics in our day-to-day life. So that's what makes it invaluable. It's nice to work out and be efficient in our workouts and know what we're doing in that organized, intentional setting. Like I said earlier, we're practicing this stuff while we're in the gym. So it's nice to know what to look for as we set up for a squat, but it's so much better when we generate that awareness and we have better biomechanics in our day-to-day life. So we know how to set ourselves up when we go to pick our child up or go to pick a laundry basket up or moving furniture around or whatever else we might see, yard work or something like that. The stuff that we're doing inside the gym should directly carry over to that stuff. And if it's not, I, I think that we, we may be able to make better use of our time. So a quality instructor will effectively educate us not just on how, but why to move a certain way. Yeah, and I think after, I think one thing, again, it's kind of tough to, which we've talked about a lot, is it's tough for someone to find value in paying someone that much money to basically tell them what to do sometimes, because almost it seems so simple. Like you just sit down and stand up, or you just press up off the ground, or like you just pick something up off the ground. And like, once you find a professional that you can trust or find someone that you can trust and you build a relationship with, it's something that I've definitely come to find as like, sometimes I miss having someone watch me all the time when I work out, like having that eye on you, even if it's not all the time, it's just knowing that like, if there is like something you can be like, oh, well like, what did I do here? And someone comes over and they're like, all right, this is like what you did, like do this. So just finding that value in that. And once you do find the value in that, it's like, all right, like this is like, I'll, I'll make time and money for this. Yeah. Uh, after that. So basically step one, we're talking about just finding the functionally relevant movement patterns, getting some information on those, whether that's from a friend or someone else that, you know, or a professional, which would be step two is finding that professional, take you through all that stuff, proper progressions, 
proper movement patterns, points performance, things like that. Third, I wrote on mine would be figuring out a specific goal. So what is it exactly that you're trying to get out of what you're doing in the gym? So thinking my example exactly, like when I was walking to the gym, my main goal really early on was to lose weight. So that's what I was aimed towards. So like if I talked to anybody, it was, all right, how, how did you lose weight? Or like, how have you done this in the past? And if, whether the information was right or wrong, it was, that's what my goal was. And then the information I received from people got me to a certain point and then I kind of figured out the rest from there. But trying to figure out a specific goal because a lot of times walking into a gym and I go back to the example of CrossFit, it's like all this stuff's in front of you and then you're forced to be like, all right, I don't, like, I want to do all of this, but like how the hell do I do any of this? <laughs> so if you have at least a specific goal in mind and you can find a professional and tell them that goal, I think that'll get you onto the right track. And also with a specific goal, we can avoid a a very important aspect of this like beginning phase of fitness, which is avoiding burnout. Because if we find a professional that's doing things the right way, we should be able to avoid burnout because like I said, the progression should be specific to you. There shouldn't be any like when we're walking into the gym, we don't know exactly what we want to do. So we end up doing everything or we're going too fast, too heavy. Then we start getting hurt. We start losing the energy to do things, losing the ability or that want to do things anymore. And we start finding that burnout and then we stop and then that's it. And we're done. And we're back to square one, trying to go back into the gym again. So that's why I think it's really important that maybe finding a professional should be number one, but I, I guess it depends who you ask. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think I feel pretty good about making that step too. I, and not just because I wrote it. <laughs> I like step one as recognizing that strength precedes aerobic conditioning because, like I said earlier, it's a misnomer. Yeah. So knowing that, once we understand that, then we'll, I think, really understand that we need to be educated on how to proper properly set ourselves up whenever we express strength whenever we're carrying a load or moving weight we want to know how to do that well if that is something that we truly believe precedes any other facet of fitness i need to be strong first now i don't need to deadlift 500 pounds i need to be strong meaning i need to be aware i need how i need to figure out what it takes what it feels like to set myself up into safe positions that preserve stability and integrity throughout these functionally relevant movement patterns. And again, we're subject to them on a day-to-day basis. So you you can't really argue that. I don't think, I don't think, uh, please feel free to, to, you know, shoot us some comments and let me know if I'm wrong here. But, you know, I just have a hard time seeing where we can debate that aerobic conditioning would precede strength. Do you have any thoughts about that? I just, no, I, mean, I, I, I know we align on a lot of things, so it's going to be hard for us to look at that from a different angle, but. No, yeah, definitely. I think because conditioning can be, I mean, at any, almost at any 25 point. 25 minutes, crap. Yeah, we only got a minute or 90 seconds left. Uh, I think at any point in life, you can, if you really want to work hard, you can get that conditioning back. Like strength takes a long time to develop, and if you do it right, it's going to be there always. Yeah. So that's why I think it's the most important thing to 
develop early on. Also, because like you said, you know, there's not many times in life where you're, unless you're like doing it yourself, putting yourself in that conditioning stimulus. Yeah. Whereas like you're most of the day, you, you need strength to function at any age in life. Yeah. Like you need to get up off the couch. You need to pick things up. You need to yeah. move stuff. Yeah, those, those physical demands. Yeah. You're going to have those physical demands. So step one, recognizing that strength precedes aerobic conditioning. Step two is trying to pursue some sort of professional instruction. Mm-hmm. My step three was actually finding, and this goes along with having that qualified professional or some other qualified professional perhaps that can program for you effectively and meet your needs in terms mm-hmm. of where you're at on that spectrum of fitness. That's why I think... Uh, that's very similar, I guess, to finding a goal because yeah. if, you're, if you're not with the right person, then that's not going to get you to where you need Well, to. and the goal is also important. I think I would still classify that as something separate yeah. because if, you know, in order to achieve our goals, we need to make sure that things are scaled properly. But also knowing what our goals are, it's not going to be for most people up to them to decide what the proper scaling and progressions are to achieve mm-hmm. that goal. But they should know what that goal is in order to express that to the professional and be like hey this is what i'm looking to do how do i get there given what i've got yeah and i i guess i'll go over because i want to kind of say this last one um oh shoot last thing i'd like to say is that making sure you develop trust in everything that you're doing and know that like this isn't going to happen overnight because it's going to take a long time even with a professional and even if you plan out exactly what you're going to do for the squat bench and deadlift and how you're going to progress those patterns and you go into this with thousands of dollars no matter what it's going to take time overall so being able to realize that early on is going to help things a lot more and it's going to help you avoid a lot of things a lot of problems a lot of injuries a lot that possibility of burnout so i don't know if you have anything else to say on that but i just wanted to get that in there before we stopped (laughs) Nah, we're over time. We'll be here for another time. All right. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. If you have any questions, you know where to reach us. At Brandon Thrive, under, at Brandon underscore Thrive Fitness Wellness, at Thrive Fitness Wellness. And uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. All right? See you guys next week. Bye, guys.